welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is a podcast created to enhance, connect and inspire the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So wherever you're listening from today, I want to thank you for tuning in. Maybe you're in your car, maybe you're traveling on the bus, maybe you're out doing a workout, you're exercising, you're walking the dog, maybe you're going for a run. Thanks for joining us and welcome. And I trust that as you continue to tune in, you'll be pleased that you did. Today, I'm going to share with you a conversation that I recently had with Trent Roberts from the class of 1992. Now, Trent is a freelance script writer. And if you look at the fine print and watch the credits at the end of some well-known TV shows uh, on the ABC, Little Lunch, he was had a hand in that, uh, All Saints, the TV program as an author, as a, a script writer, he's had a hand in some of those. And, and just fascinating to explore with him the process of writing and uh, the, the long-term process that he's involved in. And uh, we reflect and unpack a little bit of his adventures here at school. And I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Trent Roberts from the class of 1992. As we do each episode, delighted to share with you a conversation with a Yarra Orgrimerian, affectionately known as a Yog. We've got a range of ways that you can continue to stay in touch, whether you are a, ro- a Yog yourself or a Yarra parent, a current staff member, a current student, a former staff member, former student, maybe, or maybe you've just stumbled across uh, this podcast and, and maybe you're I don't know, in the middle of Finland or exploring the outback or, or, or maybe you're, you're deep in a jungle in Africa. Wherever you are tuning in from today, welcome. Here's my conversation with Trent Roberts from the class of 1992. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. And today I'm thrilled to be joined by Trent Roberts, who was a graduate in the class of 1992. Trent, welcome aboard. Thanks for having me, Paul. Thank you for, uh, thank you for coming and uh, thank you for being part of uh, this podcast that we're doing, seeking to speak with Yarra Old Grammarians about what life was like back in the day and, uh, and perhaps where life has taken them since. But Trent, to kick us off, I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about who were the type of characters that you used to hang around with here at school and, and how did that impact the type of person you've become? Uh, what characters do you mean? Uh, friends or teachers or both or uh, friends? Who were the friends that friends. you used to hang with? Yeah, so incredibly, and I don't, I don't think this is that uncommon actually for Yarra, but all, all my close friends from Yarra are still my close friends now. So, um, the one of the first people I met at uh, Yarra is a guy called Brooke Healy. He's my oldest mate. We're still super close, and then along the way, I've met uh, uh, throughout the years, just met a bunch of other excellent fellows who are still my, um, still my best mates now. So pretty lucky on that regard, and um, probably a great reflection on the school that you can create those long-lasting friendships. Absolutely, that's really important. And where were some places you used to like to hang out? Like, did you spend time in the science labs or in the library or outside the principal's office? Where, where did you hang out? <laughs> um, uh, do you mean at lunchtime or uh, when, when, when you sort of started to become, started to choose your own subjects a bit more? Well, e- either and both. I certainly remember early days, it was all about uh, sort of down ball and that sort of stuff uh, in year seven. Um, after that, I think I then became about footy. And then I think in year 11, it became about talking to the, the girls that had just arrived. <laughs> so I think it was a kind of a, an evolving process. 
that's uh, that's probably not not far from the way it is these days too. Yeah, well, it's co-ed all the way now, isn't it? Or yes, yes, we have um, boys and girls from well, for, really from our early learning centre uh, right through to year twelve. Yeah. Yeah, and and thing. and that triggers something that was quite different in your experience when you were here, perhaps in the earlier days of your education at Yarra. Um, it was boys only. Yeah, yeah. From seven, to, from year seven when I started till year ten, and then uh, the girls came in year eleven and twelve. Okay, and, exciting. And yeah. how, yes, exciting is one word. How, how did it change things? I, I think it was a, a huge improvement. Like I, I, I have a really tight group of male friends, but also. Uh, a lot of the, the girls that arrive to become um, lifelong friends as well. I think it's just great for the social dynamic to have both. Uh, too much testosterone, um, it's not always a good thing. It's, and, a, um, it's a bit more yeah. true to life, isn't it? Yeah, it is, exactly. It's very, it's very much how things are at, at uni and in the workplace. And um, Yeah, I loved it. it my favourite years, year 11 and 12. Um, it really felt like everything sort of clicked then. One of the things that uh, we certainly talk about today, and I dare say it was part of your experience too, is this notion of the Yarra spirit. And I wonder if you could speak to that, whether that was something that you're aware of. What does it mean to you today? Um, yeah, look, I guess I guess at the time you, you kind of don't really know what it is uh, other than a, a sense of loyalty to, to to the to your friends or in a team environment in, in sport or debating or drama or whatever you kind of feel united in that shared um, that shared goal and I guess that shared place. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure what it means. I guess for me, looking back on it, it was probably just that sense of uh, this um, this a sense of loyalty to the people that you met um, in in Yarra uh, and a sense that you're sort of in this together, um, which was a, a great thing. And do you still have contact with uh, some of your old mates from Yarra? Yeah, like daily contact. Yeah, they're, they're, as I say, they're, they're my close mates. I, I, I work with several of them. I, um, I socialise with all of them. Um, they've been through, you know, we've been through lots of stuff together, highs and lows, travelled together. Um, so, yeah, that the, the friendships that I forged there have been um, incredibly enduring, um, really important. That's really significant that you've still got contact. You said on a daily basis. So you work with some of uh, some other Yarra old grammarians. Tell me, wh- yeah. what is your work these days? What does that look like? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a uh, scriptwriter, so predominantly um, television. Um, just what, although I'm working on a feature film treatment at the moment, I've also written a, a kid's book, but predominantly TV writing um, and sort of Started, uh, started out sort of uh, at the ground floor, just sort of photocopying in, on a medical drama called All Saints and then sort of watched my way out through script editing into uh, writing scripts. And, um, yeah, I've been doing that for the last sort of about 12 years and I'm now at a sort of stage where starting to create um, my own shows. And, and, yeah, a couple of those are with um, – one of them is from with a guy called Dave Lyons who is a, a guy in the year below us at school who is um, very close friend still. Um, so, yeah, he, he lives in LA but we talk – pretty much daily uh, because we've got a project that we're working on pretty uh, intensely together. Wow, that's pretty cool. So so tell me um, what might be a show that you've worked on that we would recognise and then tell us uh, something that you're perhaps you're most proud of, some of your uh, TV work that, that, that you've been part of that you're most proud of. Yeah, sure. Uh, look, look, a couple of the shows that I'm most proud of um, – 
I worked in a show called Up in Middle Bogan, which was a show on the ABC, uh, which is a comedy, which I, I loved, really loved. Um, I watched the first series as a fan and then got invited to to work on it and uh, really, really enjoyed it. A couple of my friends were actually acting in it, so it just felt like a really personal project that um, just everything about it I loved. Um, I also worked on another show created by the same people called Little Lunch, which is a, uh, a kid's show, um, but it was right in the slot for both my kids, so they, they absolutely love it and watch it repeatedly. So that kind of that's a really nice feeling that you're writing something that they get and laugh at and, and love. So, yeah, both of those shows are probably my highlights from a from a um, creative and a, and a personal perspective. That's interesting. Um, certainly Little Lunch has been on our uh, TV at home a lot and, and my kids also have watched and re-watched. The number of times they keep watching the same episodes, I don't get it. Yeah, I know it's incredible. It's really struck a chord in a beautiful way and kids really related to it and I think also the humour and it was really, yeah, the kids just, my kids just find it hilarious just seeing kids their age or a little bit older um, you know, it feels like it's their world, so it's a really nice thing to be a part of where you connect like that. That's fantastic. And and so, what what does your what does a day look like for you? You're a you're a, a script writer, and you get to see your work eventually transformed into something that you can watch <laughs> back on TV. But I dare say it's not all that glamorous all the time. <laughs> it's not glamorous. Uh, it's very rarely glamorous, but um, no, it's, it, there's a lot of solo time, um, which is uh, I don't always enjoy. Obviously, there's a lot of just sitting on your laptop, and um, and for all the shows that go to air, you, 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 all of us in this industry work on a lot of shows that don't make it to air. So that's pretty um, that can be pretty heartbreaking when you work on something for a year or two, and um, green light turns to a red light, and you kind of uh, the scripts all go in a recycling bin, and you kind of have to start on something else. So that's that's the hard bit of the job is the, the, the the joy is the show going to air and you get to share it with all these people and tell your friends and family this is what I've been working on. But there's also uh, times when you've been working on something ex- extensively um, and, and then it doesn't make it to air. So that's that's the hard bit. But day-to-day, it's it's a combination of just flat-out writing, just sitting on a computer and writing and, and what's called a brainstorming meetings. So last week I was in Sydney and just did four days of non-stop brainstorming with other um, writers and directors and producers and just coming up with some ideas for episodes for a couple of different shows. So uh, I love that part of it a lot because it's um, really collaborative and gets me out of the house and, um, yeah, you have a few laughs along the way because you share some great stories. But, uh, yeah, a lot of it is just the, the, the daily grind of sitting at your computer and, and getting those words on the page. I dare say one of those brainstorm meetings, depending on the show that you're trying to create, would, be, would take you to some pretty wild places. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's you can that's why you can you can make some great friends in this industry because you kind of uh, leapfrog into a place where you're sharing pretty personal stories pretty quickly, depending on as you say the show. Um, and comedies are particularly fun to work on because people talk about the ridiculous things that have happened to them or that they've seen or that have happened to a friend of theirs. And um, yeah, you often end up in the day uh, sort of in disbelief that you got paid for sharing great stories. So that's that's the real that's the really great part of the job, I think. It sounds like, uh, and as you say, I appreciate it's not part of every day, but uh, that sounds like a pretty amazing part of the the job. However, you also mentioned in there some of the, the, I guess, cutthroat nature of the industry in that you could be working on a project for up to a couple of years and all of a sudden it's it's just slashed. That's devastating. Yeah, it is. It really is because you never never start a show thinking it's not 
going to make it to air, you're always there. Um, you're always excited, enthusiastic, and there's support from all, all sectors. And then um, when that support disappears, and it's, it's usually by surprise, like it, it's never, you, you don't usually see it coming. It's it's really hard. It can be, um, especially if the stories that you've, you've injected into it are personal. Um, so you put yourself on the line. Other people have put themselves on the line, and then and then to get a call to say, yeah, we're actually not going to proceed with this. It's a it's it's a really um, really hard time it's a time when you bond really closely with the people you've worked on a show with because you're sort of it's this shared loss yeah um, because you can't help but imagine who's going to be casting it you know where, where it's going to screen what other people are going to think of it and then to think it's just uh paper in a bin it's pretty yeah it's a pretty hard part of the job absolutely and i'm curious to explore with you for a moment how does one get into that sort of industry and, and into that role and but before we do was there something at school something here at Yarra that you know that inspired you to pursue whether it be writing or or a, a career in television um I'm not sure exactly what uh, you know where you began but what what was it at school that kind of nudged you in that direction oh look it was definitely it was definitely a couple of uh, brilliant um English teachers I had um Dennis Carroll who was there a long time um, I think I had him for three years. Um, Brooke and I had him for three years, and he's incredibly inspirational. And Annette Gitz um, was a huge um, inspiration. Um, I don't think she's at Yarra anymore, but she was um, she was our English literature teacher. She was our debating coach, and was sort of became a friend really. She and and was very encouraging. Um, just sort of took us to a place where it, it just put us into that creative space where you sort of realised that there was. You know, and I actually didn't think ever at Yarra that I would do creative writing for a living, but I certainly that part of me was um, was nourished by um, by um, Dennis and Annette and um, and other teachers as well. But they were the two in that sort of English and literature kind of world that um, yeah, it really made me think that, that that's something I'd love to do. Absolutely, that's that's exciting that uh, that you know, and and maybe they weren't necessarily or you weren't necessarily thinking of of screenwriting, but just that notion of creative writing. And, and then I guess a whole world opens up of, of different careers that you can pursue within that realm of creative writing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Tell- it's, um, yeah, as I say, I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't know that there was such a job as a scriptwriter when I was at Yarra. It was at sort of a different time. Television wasn't what it is today where there's, there's so much talk about what's involved. I but um, but yeah, it just it just got us. I think our whole friendship group was really into the sort of the arts and, and drama and, and all that sort of stuff. And so to um, to keep encouraging that was it was a great thing. So that that idea of not necessarily knowing the pathway when you're at school and maybe even as soon as you finish school, you you were able to I guess just take another step forward and then eventually you fall into something that actually grabs you and, and you harness and you then pursue further. Exactly. Yeah, I, I did a speed uh, careers thing with the with the Eric um, the year tens a few months ago. And yeah, and I was just saying them a lot of them actually knew what they wanted to do already. Um, some had no idea. I was in the no idea camp. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it's great when you know exactly what you want to do. I think it gives you a drive and a focus. But it's, um, yeah, I didn't know. I, I ended up getting into law and I did that because I sort of thought I should. Um, but, um, yeah, I, my, my um, career took many different turns after that. So it doesn't 
necessarily follow that what you kind of are passionate about at one point would be your career for life, I suppose. And uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that particular uh, opportunity that we created for our U10s. I was wandering around at that uh, uh, event and uh, I took some notes of different Yarra Old Grammarians and, and I took a note of your name and, and your journey uh, and hence why we're talking today because I love the notion that uh, you know you didn't necessarily have a pathway and it wasn't prescribed for you but and, and you mentioned, and I heard you mention, that that didn't matter. You just had the willingness to, to work it out as you went along. And I, I think that there's something quite inspirational about that. Well, yeah, I, I don't know if it's inspirational, but, yeah, no, it is, um, it, it's, it's interesting, I guess. There's some people, as, as we all know, that there's people who go, like, I want to be a doctor, and they end up being a doctor, and, and that's an incredible thing. But, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. And, and, and all those little twists and turns along the way, like I did a, a pretty uh, – mixed degree that kind of started with law and psychology and then went into anthropology and in the end none of those things are really directly related to my career but they've all probably influenced it in some way or another so it's um yeah I, yeah it's, it's it's different for everyone but um but it's it's not it's 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 nice to not get too caught up in one particular thing especially if you're not that sure about it. like i was never sure about law in the way that some of my friends were so i was always kind of keeping an eye open on what, what else could be my path and yeah and I think that the fact that that seed was sowed by some great teachers about the creative path I um I think kind of came to life a bit later on and congratulations for finding a way and and continuing to pursue areas of interest in along the side uh, in amongst your studies and in amongst your you know you you're finding out that this perhaps is not a career that you want to go through for example into law or whatever that did you continue to develop habits or, or maintain habits, for example, of writing um, along the way, or was that something that you kind of put on on hold and then came back to later? Um, what was probably the the bridge between sort of that uh, that, that sort of interest in school and, and end up going into it was uh, was again back to my schoolmates. We we all made short films, um, starting out just just as something to do and ending up becoming a little bit more serious about it. And um, to the point where I think I had, we sort of had three or four under our belt so that when I did uh, apply for a job in television, I had this sort of little uh, video CV that I could show them um, that was kind of the, the, the bridge between the, uh, the, the, the love of it and actually having something to show because uh, unfortunately a law degree or a psych degree didn't really mean much to a television producer. Um, so yeah, it was great to have that. Uh, what well, became a hobby, really, it was started as a hobby, ended up become has become my career. So that's a, I mean, I'm pretty very lucky to have that happen. Yeah, that's that's terrific. I wonder whether you can tell us a little bit about the kids' book that you either have written or are writing at the moment. Yeah, no, I've written that. It's um, it's a, it's a it's a picture book, so it's pretty short. Um, but it's taken two years uh, between when I signed the contract and when it's going to come out, which is next. August, I think it's called a dinosaur ate dad's hair, uh, and it's basically just a, a, basically a book about uh, a dad going bald and all the ridiculous explanations he gives to his kids as to why that's happened. Ah, um, and, and is there uh, some autobiography in there? Absolutely, the true story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it might be one that uh, would suit me collecting as well and uh, reading to my kids. <laughs> well, it actually started just that every time I'd meet. Uh, friends, uh, little kids, they'd always ask what happened to your hair because luckily for their dads, they had thick hair and they, uh, then they'd meet me and go, what happened? And I started by just um, telling these ridiculous stories and then they kind of ended up becoming an idea for a book. 
Do you walk around with a story inside of you ready to, to tell at any time? Um, look, in terms of where, where I'm at now with my career, there's a few things that I'm working on, which are particularly the one with Dave Lyons who I mentioned earlier. That's a story that um, it started with a, a special brainstorming program I did about three or four years ago, and that's a story I've wanted to tell for a while and, and getting Dave on board has made that a reality. So that that's one that I'm really excited about. We've kind of written the first episode and, and an episode guide for the other seven episodes. And that's a pretty, that's something I'm pretty passionate about because it's got elements of Dave and my shared experience, but it's also things I'm interested in just from a social perspective. Um, so I guess in terms of a burning story, that's, that's a big one. Um, yeah. But I'm sure in everything that you do, you try and inject a little bit of, um, not, not so much your own life, but just your own uh, uh, thoughts on the matter, or your own um, your own questions that you have about a particular issue. Um, so yeah, it's pretty. We're pretty lucky like that, in that you can kind of get invested in everything that you do, really, no matter how far it seems removed from your life. Sure, sure. And and I think when you are writing and writing regularly, you do start to look for things in your own experiences, don't you? And you you sort of have a different awareness to the things that are going on for you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And especially early on, I think most writers, the first thing they write will be very autobiographical. And then as you get a little bit older, you kind of start to realise that your own life isn't that interesting. And um, (laughs) (laughs) there's probably more interesting stories to tell. But no, it is is nice to infuse everything with a little bit of your own perspective. Yes. Do you have any, uh, for aspiring young authors uh, and and whatever writing it it might take them through, do you have any habits or routines that you would recommend? For example, um, you know, one that uh, that I've heard of is whether you you write a thousand words a day or or you you spend an hour a day writing or is there something that you would would sort of give as a recommendation to young and aspiring writers? Um, I reckon... uh I reckon that the big difference to me became when I became a professional writer and you have um, deadlines that are immovable because they're, everyone else is relying on you to get it done by then. So I know you can't fabricate a deadline when you're doing something for yourself, but I think things like competitions are great, um, writing competitions, um, to know that you have to get it done by a certain date really does create that sort of school essay kind of thing where you just it, – it's not, it's not up for – negotiation you just get it done i think it's really hard and, and i felt this for a long time before i was a professional writer to just say i'm going to write this thing i'm going to finish it um i have a lot of unfinished projects from that time because you just don't have that that person telling you you have to get it done by this time and, and some people are really well some are fantastically intrinsically motivated and can finish anything by any time but i needed a little bit of a a kicker, um, and but I say I found competition deadlines a, a fantastic um, bridging point before you become a professional writer because you, you've got to get it done by that date, and once you start getting that into your head, it becomes exciting rather than daunting. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Did did it change for you though, um, writing for pleasure compared with when you you become professional and all of a sudden it becomes a job? Does that change the the experience for you? Not really, no, because often um, often the writing for pleasure I was doing was pretty uh, self-indulgent and not that interesting. Um, so as you, when you get into the world of, of working on other people's ideas and stuff, I, I really love the collaboration element to it, so that's where the joy comes from. Sometimes when you're working, you know, uh, really massive hours, on, on, it, it can be, you know, it can be hard to sort of just keep going, but 
as I say, when you've got deadlines, there's not really any room for writer's block or, or procrastination. You've just got to get it done. So that helps. Yes. And, and in fact, I was speaking with a... Uh, a Yarra old grammarian who had just finished year 12 and, and this was just a couple of years ago and we were speaking on stage. Uh, effectively, I was interviewing her on the couch for the the current group who were just beginning their, their VCE journey and, and I asked her what were her guidance or advice was and, and she said, uh, even when you don't want to and you don't feel like it, you've still got to turn up at your desk. Yeah, yeah that's true. And, and there's yeah, something yeah. to be said for, you know, whether it be writing or, or any work, sometimes you've just got to keep turning up. Yeah, I totally agree. Yes. Um, and I have times in between deadlines where I'm like, oh, great, I'll just get cracking all these other things and I suddenly become a lot less productive than when, yeah, I do have to just front up each day and get it done. So, yeah, it's, it's funny. You kind of, especially at school, you, you kind of look forward to a day where there's less structure, but sometimes it's not, not, it's not as productive. <laughs> be, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, exactly. Um, you, as a as a writer, I, I imagine as a, as an author, I understand that it's it's good if you can be a reader as well, consume lots of um, writing, so that you can then become be, become a better writer. As a a screenwriter, does that mean you get to or need to consume a lot of uh, TV shows and movies and the like? Yeah, that's true. I, I, I haven't read as many books as I'd like to. Um, Anyone who has little kids will probably relate to that, but I um I do I do watch a lot. Uh, uh, if not if not the whole series or something, I watch a lot of pilot episodes of everything just so I have an idea of what else is going on. I read a lot of scripts um, just to see how it was on the page compared to what what it looked like on the screen. But yeah, basically, I mean it's a pretty great thing that I can just say that it's work when I'm just sitting there watching television. Um, but it but it is kind of. <laughs> Absolutely it is. It, uh, and there'd be a lot of people who think uh, and would hear that and think, oh, that, that's the job for me for sure. <laughs> yeah, that is, a, that is a great part. I must admit there's some days where I just sit down and watch three or four episodes of a show with the idea of it being work, but it, you kind of end up really enjoying it and th- thinking yourself uh, pretty lucky, pretty grateful for the opportunity to do that. We're speaking with Trent Roberts from the class of 1992. And, and Trent, as a, a screenwriter, as an author, as, a, as somebody who's a professional writer, I wonder if you would have a, a, a book or a series, maybe a documentary or a movie that you would recommend or, or that you would say is required uh, con- consumption reading or watching or viewing whether it be for young people or for for parents or for you know for young kids or is there something that you reckon is compelling enough that you would recommend that everybody's got to check it out? Gee, that's a good question. I um I don't know. I mean, I, I watch a lot of stuff, um, so it's hard to find that that show that you think is just beyond perfect. I remember when I first got into the industry, there was a show called Six Feet Under, which is it was a, one of the first HBO shows, which I think is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I haven't watched it recently to see if it holds up, but I absolutely love that in terms of a television experience. Um, it was just a, it's a family drama set in a funeral home, and um, it just, uh, yeah, it really, it was a fairly incredibly inspiring and moving and, and all those things. That, that, that's probably one that comes to mind. Um, when we were, when I, when I was at Yarra, our, our life, our conversations at lunchtime, everything revolved around The Simpsons. Um, and I... I can't tell you how much that's inspired and, and influenced what I've done. It was, uh, it seems like a, a weird source of inspiration, but that 
that really set everything up in terms of defining not only our my love of writing, but also just creating a sense of humour um, in our group that, that has remained until now. Um, I don't know if that's required viewing, but I certainly I found it uh, huge, hugely influential on, on not just my life, but in terms of our, our friendship group. And it became something that we um, gravitated to and, and were hugely obsessed with. Um, books, I haven't read anything for quite a while, unfortunately. Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Let's um, hope that uh, A Dinosaur Ate Dad's Hair is one of those <laughs> must-reads. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good thing. Um, I think at least, at least as a bit of light entertainment, it might be, uh, might be something that people enjoy. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you, uh, do you do impersonations when it comes to The Simpsons? I don't, Paul. Do you? <laughs> no, I don't either. I don't. <laughs> Um, but it, it is interesting that, uh, you know, yes, there's a, a comedic side to the, the show and, and that sort of satirical look at life, but there's also, you know, underlying it all, there's there's probably some principles in there that, that are worth us pondering deeper. I think so. I think that's what, what I found so amazing is that it was it was satirical, there was, there was insights into politics. They obviously did that episode where they, as a joke, said that Trump would be president about 20 years ago, that... They just had their finger on the pulse in so many ways, and then to do that, and then also make you laugh like every what seemed like every ten seconds. Is it? I, I only realise now how brilliant. I knew it was brilliant, but now as a writer, I look at it and go like, I just don't know how they did it. Mm. How they consistently did such brilliant work um, that was just also so hilarious that you kind of forgot that there was all these brilliant um, social and satirical uh, themes underlying it all. And, and I guess the, the popularity of it and the longevity of that show uh, suggested they were onto something, weren't they? Exactly. Yeah, it sort of speaks for itself, doesn't it? I wonder whether uh, you would have a, an, a tool, whether it be a, a tool, a device, um, an app that you use, whether in your professional life or, or even just in you know, a life hack, that, uh, whether it's a habit that perhaps that's been something that has been really impactful for you and, and uh, you know, the journey that you've been on. Um, I've got into something recently that's pretty helpful when you're a freelancer, um, and I'm sure it's been around forever, but I've only just got onto it, which is called chunking. Do you know what, you know about chunking where you kind of break, you break, if you've got to, so sometimes I have a script that's, uh, the deadline's four weeks, um, and so it can be, you kind of every day you can feel like you haven't done enough, but it's, chunking just means breaking it up, so today I will do five pages, tomorrow I'll do six pages. Or if you've got lots of really small tasks, which I often have too, which is like just write one episode outline by 12 o'clock and, and just having a, a real structure to your day rather than I have to work on this script today, tomorrow, the next day, the next day, which can feel a little bit like you're not getting anywhere. You're just sort of treading through mud. So I don't know who invented it, but it's just basically sitting there and saying, giving yourself a, a, a from 10 to 11, I'll be doing this. I'll be writing pages one to three or I'll be, I'll be writing five emails that, that I have to do or I'll be doing these um, three parts of a proposal for a show or whatever. And that, that's really helped because it just does give you those little things to tick off rather than that sense of, geez, I'm still nowhere near finished. Yes, yeah. And, and look, maybe that harks back to, to your the, the interesting um, paradigm between wanting to leave school and have freedom and, and yet actually longing for the structure that school provides you and, and, and in fact what you're doing now is is creating that structure for yourself and setting those little deadlines for yourself to, to actually be productive. You're exactly right. Yeah, it is. It's just creating like between 
yeah, period one and two, I'll be doing this, and then I'll have lunch. And yeah, you're right, it is. It's harking back to those days of knowing exactly what you're going to do from uh, from nine till three thirty, or you know, when you're working from nine till five or whatever. But it's yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, that's good. Tell me, um, what does success look like to you? Um, it's probably people based. Like it's probably just working with. Uh, uh, incredible people it's it's amazing if those people are your friends as well i'm lucky to have a few situations like that at the moment but i guess it's working with incredible people on incredible projects would be the if it was a one-liner that's 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 the dream is to um and you know sometimes those might not see the light of day but just working with great people and um and having a a goal that you think is pretty worthwhile like i think in my world that's that's success that's fantastic and and it sounds to me that uh over the journey, you've you've had some of those opportunities, and, and dare I say, even now there there are some that are in the pipelines for you to be working on great projects with great people. It's uh, that's terrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm very lucky. It's a it's a pretty excellent uh, job. Trent Roberts from the class of 1992. We're on a podcast called Inspired by Yarra. and uh, we thank you and we appreciate your time. And uh, not only has have you shared stories where Yarra and people and the experiences of Yarra have inspired you? But I trust that uh, through your conversation and, and through sharing some of your stories today that you have inspired others um, to, to go on and, and, and be willing to take just another step forward to see where life takes us. And sometimes we can be uh, intentional about that and other times, you know, some doors open, other doors close and, and we've just got to keep moving forward. I wonder whether we might conclude our opportunity or our, our conversation here with with the notion of our school's motto, Lavavi Oculus, which means to lift up our eyes. And and if I offer that to you now, I wonder what that means to you and uh, and how that resonates with you today. Well, it's funny, you know. I went, I I did uh, in preparation for that question. I did look it up because I, at the time I just I, I thought it meant. Just uh, looking people in the eye and then being just truthful in what you're saying, but I uh, realise now that there's an element of humbleness and and reverence to it, and I think that that there's a sense of humbleness that is part of the Yarra ethos, um, which I you know which I still is pretty evident today in, in all my mates. So that's probably what it means to me is, is to just remain sort of humble uh, no matter what life throws at you, and um, and also to be um, yeah respectful to to the people around you. There's no doubt that a school like Yarra uh, creates a foundation, a foundation not only of, of academics but also of experience and um, values, I suppose, that, that become launch pads into the rest of our life. And I wonder whether you uh, have reflected on or, or might reflect just for a moment on the bigger picture of Yarra and, and whether that comes back to you know a sense of humility, uh, whether it is being... Uh, bold enough to look people in the eye and address people in the eye, but is there a, a core principle that uh, that has set you on your pathway? Um, that's a good question, Paul. I probably I, I've probably said this a few times, but I think it's just that sense of um, that unity, the sense of um, loyalty. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it's an environment where people are really looking out for each other, and and there's a, a deep respect. Uh, for everyone, um, yeah, it's. I guess it's hard to encapsulate uh, a school in a few words, but that, that they're the sort of things that. I mean, the fact that I'm still best mates with my best mates from school is a huge um, compliment to the school. I think it's um, and the people that attracts and and the 
and the the values it infuses in the in the kids that go there. Um, that's probably the the greatest uh, compliment I could pay is that just that it, it laid the foundations for the greatest friendships I've had. So, um, yeah, that that's probably the biggest thing I got out of it. And on that note, I think it's a, a good place for us to conclude. Uh, inspired by Yarra. Certainly, Trent Roberts, it seems to me that you were inspired and continue to be as you keep giving back, whether it be through opportunities like this and, and coming back and sharing a little bit of your career with our year 10s and, uh, and every day continuing to uh, pursue um, not only professional uh, relationships and, and projects with uh, your, your mates from Yarra, but uh, dare I say, they, they, they impact on your personal life as well. So thank you for your time and thank you for both being inspired and being an inspiration to us today. Oh, thanks, Paul. I really enjoyed the chat. Great questions. Thank you. Trent, tell us, uh, with our last last comment, is we're going to be on the lookout for a dinosaur ate Dad's hair. <laughs> in the next in the next 12 months what is another show that we could attribute that we could say oh i know somebody who is involved in that what's something that's coming out soon that we can look out for oh look <laughs> there's a few things i'm working on that i'm not allowed to talk about which is a little bit disappointing but uh, hopefully i'll let you know if anything comes up that's uh that anything gets the green light as we were talking about before uh it's very easy to get excited about something then and then it gets pulled so i should probably remain confidential as my contracts have asked me to but um yeah there's a couple of things i'm really excited about both kids shows and um and adult dramas as well so yeah i'll keep posted that's fantastic and indeed if uh, if we hear word of that before this goes to air then we'll uh, make sure we add that to our show notes and uh, and we'll might also add in a little plug in there and we'll look out for it for sure Sounds good. Thanks, Paul. Good on you, Trent. Great to speak with you today and uh, and all the best with the writing that you've got to go and do now. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Really Terrific. It. Well done. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye, Paul. Well, that wraps up another episode of Inspired by Yarra, and I hope you found this conversation interesting, informative and inspiring. You can find out more about Trent and his experiences. We've got show notes there, ways to make contact with us here, all packed into the community section of our school website, yvg.vic.edu.au. And in fact, you can go there and catch up with previous episodes. We've got a, a library that continues to be growing of ways that you can be inspired by Yarra Old Grammarians through these conversations. Encourage you also to look us up on LinkedIn and join the group there if you are indeed a YOG. We've got a group there called the Yarra Old Grammarians Connect. And it's a great way to stay in touch with the wider YOG community. And I hope you'll join us next week when we're going to sit down with another YOG to see how they too have been inspired by Yarra. Please make sure you don't miss any episodes. Subscribe, hit subscribe, maybe share it with a friend. My name's Paul Joy, and on behalf of everyone here at Yarra, I want to wish you another day of inspiration where you get out there intentionally making a positive impact in the world around you. Now go get them. Hold up. 